This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, listeners. This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. Welcome to episode 238. I'm your host, Josh Bomback, and today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Mason Giat and Marcus Ellis versus Benchwarmer Matt Takimoto and returning player Mish Resnick. Welcome back to the Bench, Mish. Why don't you take a minute to remind us about yourself? Thank you. So, my name is Mish. I'm from San Francisco. I'm a fan of uh, all three Cleveland teams. We're five hours removed from a nice Joe Flacco comeback. Shout out Darnell Mooney for dropping that uh, Hail Mary at the end. But yeah, Cleveland sports, the Mets, Rutgers, Michigan, fun. Thanks thanks for having me on. I'm 0-3 as a player, so. Well, we'll see we'll if we can get you. We'll see if we can get you a win today. So Matt, uh, how are you doing? And let us know what yours and Misha's team name is going to be. I'm good. I got paired up with the other the other Bay, Bay boy on the, uh, on the recording, and... As we know, the Bay has the best burritos in the world because we invented the mission-style burrito. And uh, we were briefly talking about San Francisco burrito supremacy. And really, it all comes down to what's open and available when you've had one too many drinks. So we will be burritos after dark. All right, burritos after dark. And Mason and Marcus, let us know how you guys are doing and what your team name is. I'll go ahead and go first, as is customary for teams with me on it. So yeah, Friday was my last day of the first semester, so that was nice. Now I get to to rest for a little bit, not have to, to think about all that stuff. But um, otherwise, yeah, I'm doing okay. Marcus? Hey, I'm doing well. Just, uh, you know, doing the things that normal people do, like gamble on bowl games when half of every team is in the transfer portal and... uh preparing to soon watch my Washington Huskies play in the college football playoff. And with that being said, uh, we're going to be going to New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl. So um, Mason and I decided we can both agree on this. Uh, so we are going to be horns down today. All right. So we have burritos after dark versus horns down. Let's kick it over to our emeritus bench warmer, Dan, for the rules. The game will consist of four quarters of play, each with different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Dan. Today's game will be the 2023 year in review. For this is our last recording of the year. It's December, what, 17th? So, uh, anything that's happened in the last 11 and a half months is game. So, hopefully you guys have been paying attention to some sports and a variety of it. If not, guess well. So, I guess we'll we'll go with that. All right, today's first quarter will be Sporting Haikus. Sporting Haikus. 
For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. Question one in sporting haikus. Thoroughbred racehorse. Much like Hanks and Dick Weber. Preakness Stakes winner. Okay, we're going to check in. All right, Horns Down is checked in. So burritos after dark, you guys can talk it out. Can we talk it out, though? That's the question. <laughs> we can talk. Can we talk it out is the bigger thing. All right. Okay, what we're working with is Dick Weber's a bowler. All I know is he's a bowler and he has a son who's a slightly more famous bowler. That's all I know. Right. And I'm assuming the Hanks is Tom and not multiple guys named Hank. Oh, that would also be funny. All of the Hank Williamses that there are. Yeah. You just get all of them together. Yep. Dick Weber has multiple brothers named Hank. Hank Weber, Hank Weber, and Dick Weber. Hanks and Dick Weber. Okay. So is this something where we're putting together Tom with something about bowling? Hmm. Now I'm trying to think of Tom Hanks movies that might be tangentially bowling related. He wasn't in Kingpin, though he should have been in Kingpin. Hmm. A bowling league of their own. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> the pre and post game? I thought we were doing sporting haikus. I mean, that, but that's the thing is like a horse name can be literally anything. Mish, pick your favorite Tom Hanks movie. And let's go with that. I don't know. The first movie that popped into my head, I haven't even seen it, is Philadelphia. Oh. We will check in with Philadelphia Turkey. Because that's a bowling <laughs> term and a Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> I don't think I want one of those, whatever that is. <laughs> All right. And horns down, what did you guys have? I thought Misha was going to say his favorite Tom Hanks movie is The Burbs. But, um, well, the only thing that Mason and I could come up with was that there's a venture around this show that likes to refer to Tom Hanks and Dick Weber as national treasures. And I was like, is that too easy? Is that a thing? And we decided that we didn't have anything better, so we checked in with National Treasure. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is not Philadelphia Turkey, but it is National Treasure. Because, yes, Tom Hanks and, well, all but one benchwarmer could agree that Dick Weber is also a National Treasure. So, Very nice. I needed a Nick Cage hint in there. If it was a Nick Cage hint, I could have gotten there. Well, over Tom Hanks? No, because he was in the movie National Treasure. Fair, fair. He also is a National Treasure, but that's not I was the going point. with people who have been referred on this podcast multiple times as uh, National Treasures. Anyway, uh, John Velasquez that was a National Treasures jockey. This was Velasquez's sixth Triple Crown race win and his first at the Preakness Stakes. Hmm. I think we as uh, bench warmers need to pull together and get a horse named Philadelphia Turkey and see if we can win the Preakness. I feel like that's the next move. Okay, so we've got sausage sponsor, an apple sponsor. Ede wants an apple sponsor, and now we need a horse. Okay. Yes. So and The horse can have the apples. There, there we go. I was just going to say, if we have an apple sponsor. My my sister owns multiple horses, so we can we can start piecing this together. All right, she can hook us up with some uh, with some people, and All then right. we'll ride Philadelphia Turkey to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question two in sporting haikus. Daytona winner, 
Senior was not in NASCAR. X of Danica. We will check in. All right, Burritos After Dark has checked in. Horns down. You guys get to talk it out. Okay, so it's not Dale Jr. <laughs> I think we're just going to have to run through all the list of juniors that we know in NASCAR and go from there. Like I said, I know nothing about Martin Truex Jr.'s dad. I don't know if that's a thing. Something in my head's telling me that he also raced, but I don't have enough solid foundation on that. And I'm trying to think of other juniors. Yeah, I'm trying to go through all the, the names that I know. and Yeah. And I don't know Danica Patrick's exes, so that doesn't really do anything. I know one. <laughs> oh, you won, yeah. Not a race car driver. No. Amateur doctor and philosopher. <laughs> you just want to go with Martin Truex Jr. because that's that's the best I got. I don't sure. know what I'm it's, get. it's a junior and uh could have won Daytona. Sure. I don't have anything better. So. All right. We'll check in with Truex Jr. Okay. And Burritos After Dark, what did you guys have? I texted him immediately. Truex Jr. question mark. Only junior I can think of. And then we checked in with that. So, Martin Truex Jr. Unfortunately, neither team will be getting points. The correct answer is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh. oh. Martin Truex Sr., the father of the other junior on the circuit, was a driver in Nash- NASCAR's second-tier circuit from 1992 to 2000. So, uh, you had the right path of thinking. You just... yeah. Yeah, once you said Ricky Stenhouse, I'm like, oh, yeah, he does say it. It, it is junior. So, yeah. I mean, there could be other people in NASCAR who technically are juniors that don't call themselves that, but Ricky Stenhouse and Martin Truex do go by. So, when you look at the standings and stuff, they have junior right in there. So, all right. Well, you know, a little slow start. I mean, we're, what we've had uh, horse racing and NASCAR. So, uh, <laughs> what I can tell you is. There won't be another horse racing nor another NASCAR question. Hey. So those ones you're you're free and clear of. All right, let's move on to question three in a sport I hope most of you pay some attention to. Former MVP before Otani Cade Trout hit into DP. Josh, we will check in. Burritos after dark has checked in. Horns down, you guys get to talk it out. So I'm trying to think of who was on the, the USA team that this would, would fit. Yeah, because I know we had the, you know, Trout obviously hit, so we were at the top of the order. I don't remember who was leading off, but Trey Turner had a hell of a World Baseball Classic. I just don't, I don't remember if he won MVP. I don't. Well, because he got that monster deal with the Phillies this season was the first year of that. Right. And he had a terrible year, but. Did he win MVP? I don't. I don't think so. Um, what about um, what about Mookie Betts? Would he have been? Oh yeah, yeah. He's a former MVP, and that would make sense that he would be top of the order. It was either yeah, it was either him or it was like him, Turner, Trout. Yeah, I think th- I like that one. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You got that? Okay, we'll check in Mookie Betts. All right, and burritos after dark. What did you guys have? Yeah, we went straight to two of Otani's new teammates in Los Angeles, uh, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and we kind of had a similar thought about who would have been hitting around and before Trout and the order in that World Baseball Classic, and we also checked in with Mookie Betts. All right, well, both teams will be getting their points because the correct answer is Mookie Betts. 
The other former MVPs on the Team USA World Baseball Classic roster were Paul Goldschmidt, who was in the on-deck circle when the game ended, and Mike Trout, who obviously could not be the answer. All right, well, there we go. Both teams getting points on a question. That's lovely to see. Let's see if we can keep that up. How's your hockey, everybody? Yeah, let's do that hockey. (laughs) All right. Remember, this is all 2023 related. NHL center. Ross, Hart, Lindsay, and Richard. Lost in second round. Josh, we'll check it. Right. Burritos after dark is checked in. Horns down. You guys can talk it out. I mean, right off the bat, you got someone that would be able to do that on the same season. I feel like it's got to be Conor McDavid. And I so I think for a fast break, I wrote two questions that were paired together. And I was like, who won? I think it was who won the Ross and who won the Hart or something. And it ended up being, they're both Conor McDavid. Okay. Or it was something, I asked something along those lines. It wasn't exactly maybe those two, but. Yeah, the only other person that I thought of possibly was Austin Matthews because, you know, the Maple Leafs finally made it out of the first round. But yeah, McDavid's, he definitely won multiple i'm pretty sure so yeah i'm good with yeah i'm good with that okay we're gonna check in Connor mcdavid all right and burritos after dark what'd you guys have for an answer uh same yeah we both at the exact same time message each other Connor mcdavid and i think mish and i are in a in a good groove of not overthinking it right now where we're just like yep that's it let's do it nice nice well both teams will be getting points the correct answer is Connor mcdavid and a little trophy refresher. The Art Ross is most points. The Hart Memorial is the MVP. The Ted Lindsay is the most outstanding player. And the Maurice Rocket Richard is most goals. So uh, there, there aren't too many in any given year who could roll up all of those. So well done. And after the first quarter, we have the following scores. We have Burritos After Dark with 50. And horns down, leading the way slightly with 75. We wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's second quarter will be David V. Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions. One easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Question one, David. Who won the men's singles tennis title at the 2023 Australian Open? Question one, Goliath. Who won the women's singles tennis title at the 2023 Australian Open? Okay, we'll check in. Okay, Horns Down has checked in. So, Burritos After Dark, you guys can talk it out. 
don't think we have to talk that long. Yeah, I wouldn't feel good about any Goliath. Pretty sure in one of the majors this year, it was someone who was relatively lower ranked, like kind of an upset win. And I don't remember if that was the Australian or if that was Wimbledon or like which major it was. And I don't think, like, I don't think Swiatek won it. The only name that popped in my head, Ashley Barty, she's the one who retired as the number one. But that may have been last year. I think she retired after winning in Australian, but that seems like way more than a year ago. So, yeah, if if you don't feel like that's 2023, then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay checking in the David of Djokovic. We good with that? Yeah. All right, we will check in for the David with Novak Djokovic. Okay, and horns down, what did you guys have? Yeah, we went through a very similar process because I had Swiatek as a name. I don't think that she won um, the Australian. I couldn't pinpoint it, and I didn't have. we really didn't have anything else. So, yeah, we went with Djokovic for the David. All right, well, both teams will be getting the David points. Correct answer is Novak Djokovic from Serbia. Djokovic won three of four Grand Slam titles in 2023. He lost to Carlos Alcaraz from Spain in the 2023 Wimbledon Championship Final. He holds the all-time record with 24 Grand Slam titles, including a record 10 Australian Open titles. And after his win at the French Open this year, he became the only man in history to complete a triple career Grand Slam. Uh, And the Goliath answer to who won the women's singles title at the Australian Open was Arena Sabalenka out of Belarus. And this was Sabalenka's first Grand Slam title. She is currently ranked number two in the WTA rankings behind Iga Swiatek, the winner of the 2023 French Open. All right, moving on to question two in David V. Goliath. David... What PGA golfer won the 2023 Masters Tournament? Goliath. What LPGA golfer won the 2023 Chevron Championship? We'll check in. Okay, Horns Down has checked in. So, Burritos After Dark, you guys can talk it out for a couple minutes. Okay, so I think we're settling on John Rahm as the David. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to get the Goliath. Yeah, I'm I not couldn't gonna, talk it out. I'm yeah. not going to get the Goliath either. As if we're feeling okay with John Rahm as the David, then I think we yeah we don't take too much time and we just go with it. All right, sounds good. And horns down. What did you guys have? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I have I can pull a couple of names of LPGA golfers that would be pretty prominent, but uh, not enough confidence to say who won that so we went with john rom for the david both teams playing it safe but getting their points correct answer for the david is john rom out of spain Uh, rom's only other major championship came at the 2021 u.s open the lpga golfer who won the 2023 chevron championship was lilia vu out of the united states vu also won the women's open a.k.a. the Women's British Open in 2023. All right. Alpine skiing, anybody? Oh, that's a sport. <laughs> it is. All yeah. right. Question three, David. Who won the FIS Alpine Ski World Cup Women's Championship in 2023? And I bet you can't guess what my question is for the Goliath. 
who won the FIS Alpine Ski World Cup Men's Championship in 2023. Josh, we can check in. All right, Burritos After Dark has checked in. So horns down, you guys got a couple of minutes to talk it out. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Um, I wish I could help you. Yeah, I'd. I mean, she's she's like a pretty big name. Might be on the female side, definitely. I guess I just don't remember her name off the top of my head. Super decorated, like just yeah, been dominant. I just don't. I don't know why it's not coming. Like Lindsay right Vaughn dominant. Probably, I'd say so. She's she won a lot of a lot of things. But I just okay. I can't. I just can't like me remember her name. And Goliath, I'm not even gonna spend a second thinking about because if if I don't if I can't think of the David, there's no way I'm gonna even venture to. The what was the Goliath. What was the guy who was the skier and he played receiver for the Eagles? What was his name? Jeremy Bloom. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's. I mean, we might have a better chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna check in with the Goliath with Jeremy Bloom. All right, confirmed. And burritos after dark. What did you guys have for an answer? We just kind of knew one skier, I think. Actually, maybe Matt knows a ton of skiers, and he only mentioned one, but we both discussed Michaela Schifrin as, like, the recent goat skier, and he said he couldn't name an active men's skier, and I said I couldn't name an inactive one, so we didn't even try. Yeah, the only men's skier that came to mind was Hermann Meyer, and I'm pretty sure he's, like, 55 years old. So I don't think he's winning World Cups in 2023. If he is, it'd be a bigger story. So we checked in with the David of Michaela Schifrin. All right. No surprise. One team will be getting their points. The correct answer to the David is Michaela Schifrin from the United States. This was Schifrin's fifth World Cup title. She won in 2017 through 2019 and 22 and 23. Um, I do believe she either has become or will soon become the most decorated alpine skier of all time, men or women. I know that she was knocking on the door of passing uh i don't remember his i don't know if that's the same guy you were talking about or if it's some other uh downhill skier who was dominant a male and uh she was ready to pass him as like the greatest of all time so yeah mason as soon as you probably when you start heard michaela you probably were like yep 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 so uh the answer to the goliath uh, is a gentleman out of switzerland marco odermott and this was Odermott's second World Cup title. He won back-to-back in 22 and 23. Josh, can I borrow that for just a second? Who? I will allow that. Uh, Thank you. By the way, he, he was a who for me when I was writing this question. But, uh, <laughs> just because I write the questions doesn't mean I know who these people are. Well, I just wanted to, you know, utilize some of the sports that aren't, you know, our typical big fours. And these ones all kind of worked out nicely. I mean, other than the Masters, it doesn't really have an absolute equivalent, but the Chevron Championship is uh, in the U.S. as well. So I so I picked that one as the one for the women. All right. Let's see what we have for scores after the second quarter. It's all knotted up at 125 apiece. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be three entertainment questions. Each question is worth 25 points. It's time for another edition of ChatGPT pre- and post-game. 
I asked ChatGP to make up plots for movies based on a combination of two movies, with one being a sports movie released in 2023. There were sports movies released in 2023? There were were a handful of them, and I was able to utilize three of them, and they are all three ones you should have heard of. Should have. Should have. Now, whether it's sad, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. <laughs> Coach Carter, impressed. got it. <laughs> Coach right. Carter 2. Coach Carter 2, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> let's just see how this goes. Starring Draymond Green. <laughs> Plot number one. In the high-energy atmosphere of Super Bowl 51, a team of skilled and cunning women come together for a unique mission to pull off an audacious heist of a set of legendary championship rings belonging to a celebrated athlete. From infiltrating exclusive parties to outsmarting the heightened security measures, the women must navigate a labyrinth of obstacles to reach their elusive goal. As the women execute their meticulously crafted heist during the exhilarating Super Bowl weekend, they must overcome unexpected challenges that test not only their professional skills, but also the strength of their newfound sisterhood. Loyalties are questioned, alliances are formed, and the stakes reach unprecedented heights as the heist unfolds in the shadow of the grand sporting spectacle. This film weaves a tale of empowerment, cunning, and female camaraderie against the backdrop of opulence and excess. The heist becomes a symbol of reclaiming agency and rewriting the narrative surrounding the athlete's legacy. Go with that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll check it. Horns Down has checked in. <laughs> Burritos After Dark. You guys can talk it out. So I spent a while trying to put 80 for Brady as the first part of the the pre and post game and was coming up with nothing. And then Mish came in with the actual answer. Well, what we think is the actual answer. So Mish, take it. Ocean's 80 for Brady. All right. And Horns Down, what did you guys have? Yeah, in the middle of that. Uh, five-minute monologue. <laughs> Somehow, um, I did remember a sports movie that came out um, only because of how bad I heard it was. But yeah, we, we also checked in with Ocean's 80 for Brady. Both teams will be getting their points. The correct answer is indeed Ocean's 80 for Brady. <laughs> I would watch, I would fully watch the women from 80 for Brady doing an Ocean-style heist movie. Though. Yeah, I That would be dope. Would. Yes. <sighs> Just no I mean, it basically just... was when they, like, sneak into the Super Bowl. I think you should watch it. It was cute. So, obviously. It was a little cute. <laughs> obviously, you guys get a little time to have some fun reading it and listening to me, because these are kind of long, but they're it's a summary. I gotta, you know, I gotta make no, it That was clear. very well written by <laughs> ChatGPT. Well, I, I, ChatGPT, uh, thanks you for that kind those kind words. All right, should we move on to plot two? In a picturesque Mexican village facing economic despair, a trio of unlikely heroes emerges from the shadows, each carrying the weight of their personal struggles. Their destinies intertwine when they discover a shared passion for boxing and the common desire to save the community from the grips of a ruthless oppressor. Through the grueling training sessions and heart-stopping bouts, the trio discovers the true power of unity and resilience. Their quest to save the village becomes a metaphorical battle with each punch thrown in the ring representing a strike against injustice. The film is a tale of courage, redemption, and the transformative power 
of fighting for a greater cause. The trio's journey in the boxing ring mirrors their fight against the shadows that loom over their village. In this spirited narrative, the heroes learn that the real victory lies not just in winning bouts, but in the collective strength to defy the odds and illuminate the path towards a brighter future. Okay, we can check in. All right, Burritos After Dark has checked in. Horns down. You guys can talk it out. So I was like, okay, it's a boxing movie. That that's it's gotta be something that, you know, is pretty prominent. And I finally got to Creed three, and I think that came out this year. It feels like five years ago, but I think it came out this year. And I wouldn't be a self respecting kid raised in the nineties if I didn't think of a trio of unlikely heroes and them being kids and not thinking of the three ninjas. So I mean, does Creed three take place in Mexico? Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't no, think no, Three no, Ninjas no, no. does. I didn't. That's it's literally the first line, and I didn't read it. So <laughs> is two minutes. I'm not trying to poke scared. a hole into your no, your no, answer no, here, but no, that's that's the no. It's I mean, not set I, in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Three Ninjas would be set in Mexico, based on my no. limited knowledge of what that movie's about. Um, <laughs> to no one's surprise, I haven't seen either of those movies, so I can't corroborate anything about them. But we're all shocked, Mason. Yeah, I know. Is there any other movie that starts with three that takes place in in Mexico? That's what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to think of. I'm like three ten the Yuma's not it. Three three amigos. Oh yeah, Creed three amigos. Kind of seems like that would. I mean, is that? Yeah, let's do it. I don't that really. Okay. Sense. Yeah. All right. So we're going with Creed Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. And burritos after dark. What did you guys have? Uh, I also got way too absorbed in the idea that this might be a Three Ninjas answer. Uh, to the point where I was really talking myself into that might be the plot of Three Ninjas, um, but it takes place in a picturesque Mexican village and not at Mega Mountain. So it can't be that. And again, Mish is the voice of reason and came in with the correct answer. Uh, so we also checked in with Creed Three Amigos. Oh, both teams will be getting points. For the- yes, indeed. The correct answer is Creed Three Amigos. Ooh. The beauty of not knowing any answers is you just become the reading comprehension guy. You just make sure <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's exactly, really, exactly the guy important on the other side of the Zoom just knows podcast. what they're doing. Me and Mason that's that's that me one. during every halftime. <laughs> I have to be the person that reads the question. Unless it's I don't about have anything music. Else to Unless now, I have to, now I have to have JetGPT write a plot for Creed 3 Amigos High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> Well, I just said three ninjas, the original. We don't we don't need to get Terry involved. <laughs> oh man. Oh no. My message is too long. What? <laughs> Wait, that, that's shorter that's two- than the Wait a minute. It's shorter than it's the It's a two parter. Isn't it? Oh, it's it like might- the, the movies that were so long it had to come on two VHS tapes. Oh yeah. Titanic. <laughs> uh Goodfellas too, I think. All right, I'm going to have to give it to you in two different pieces, apparently. It's about the same. I way. was born in 1998. I don't even know what that is, guys. Yeah. But it sounds like you were having a good time back in the day. 
right. So you Near guys just don't far. start laughing until I can start reading this after I post both of these. Okay. No promises. All right. Let's move on to plot three. In the fast-paced world of high-stakes racing, a charming con artist sets his sights on a unique mark, a fiercely independent woman who owns a struggling racing team. Drawn to her passion for the sport, the con man weaves an elaborate web of deception to insinuate himself into her world. As he immerses himself in the racing scene, he discovers a group of talented but overlooked young drivers with dreams of making it big. Leveraging his skills in technology and persuasion, he introduces them to a cutting-edge racing simulation video game that promises to revolutionize their training and elevate their skills to professional levels. Unbeknownst to the woman and the aspiring drivers, the con artist's motives are twofold. To win the heart of the team owner and to execute the theft of valuable racing technology. As the digital and real-world races intensify, emotions run high, and the line between genuine affection and deception blurs. In this high-speed adventure, the con artist must confront his own desires and decide whether the pursuit of love is worth more than the thrill of the ultimate con. Uh, we're going to check in. All right, Horns Down has checked in. Burritos After Dark, why don't you let me know what you're thinking and, and uh, provide me with an answer relatively quickly. Okay, so I'm pretty sure the 2023 racing video games movie is Gran Turismo. So now what the heck is this con artist, independent woman, must choose between love and the con that ends in Grant or Grant or Gra or starts with Mo? Yeah, I got nothing. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, God. Let's go. I don't think it's what I sent over, which is Gran Turismo Alley Cox. Ever since he caught that touchdown yesterday, I can't get him out of my head. <laughs> I can never get off of Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> um, let's go. <laughs> okay. Let's go with, I think, is it Damon Wayans from the early 90s? Had a movie called Mo Money. Sure. <laughs> I think I think we're checking in with Gran Turismo money. All right. And horns down, what did you guys have? Well, um, yeah, this one stumped us a little bit. We were uh, about like three lines into this. I typed to Mason Gran Turismo um, and then spent the remaining time trying to figure something that either started with same thing or ended. We kind of thought Mo was more likely, so... Uh, all that to say, we ve are very confidently checking in with Gran Turismo and Elisa Smile. <laughs> There's right. art so in it, good. so con artist, maybe, I, you uh, know, just in me. <laughs> I, uh, I really thought, Marcus, you would have gotten there, but uh, I, one team. I that you said that. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Gran Turismo Money. Outstanding. Damon Wayans played a con man who fell in love and conned his way into working where the woman he fell in love with was. That's the whole premise of that movie. So The whole premise is news to me. I just remembered it was Damon Wayans and it was called Mo Money. All right. So after halftime, we have the following scores. Horns Down has 175 and Burritos After Dark has taken the lead with 200. Today's third quarter will be 
five on three. Five on three. For this quarter, there will be three categorized lists containing five items where each item is worth ten points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. Okay, so our first list, I would like you to provide up to five answers from the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup All-Tournament First Team. We're going to what? <laughs> So this is the one where you can you have up to five that you can name. If you have yeah. any that are wrong, you get zero points, but you get 10 for everyone you get. Just a little <laughs> reminder for you. Oh, great. So the 2023, <laughs> you are familiar that this was a thing that happened in 2023, right? The FIBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cup. yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can get one to start off with. We'll work our way there. All right. All right, Horns Down is checked in. Burritos After Dark, you guys can briefly talk it out and let me know how many answers you would like to provide. Okay, so okay, Matt. So I think the most we feel most comfortable about Luca, right? Yes. Okay. I definitely like remember him playing. Yeah. Um and then I feel like I remember hearing Shay Gilgis Alexander and Anthony Edwards a lot. Mhm. And then I don't know why Finland stuck in my head. I would feel like such an idiot if we did mark it in and it was not an answer. So it's not worth it. Sure. Um, and then we talked about maybe Germany, either Franz Wagner or Dennis Schroeder. But those are also iffy. They're just German. I don't remember them. In the tur- I don't remember Germany playing in the tournament. All just I know is German. German. They're, they're just German. German. They're just German. Write that down. Um, do you want to check in with Luca, Luca Shea, and Anthony Edwards? Just Luca and Shea. How are you feeling? I would think an American would be on there. Okay. And so, I feel like I remember him being like our main guy that didn't suck that month. Sure. If you do you remember it similarly, <laughs> I remember it similarly. He's the the. I feel like he's the one guy that stuck out as like he was playing really hard. Trying. And, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So we good with those three then? Yeah. Sure. Okay. We will check in with Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. All right. And horns down. What did you guys have? So we also felt very confident with Luka. You know what? We just had the essentially the same conversation, except we didn't think about Finland and Laurie Markkinen and didn't think about Germany. But I remember on Twitter, like while it was going on, all they were talking about for the United States was Anthony Edwards. So and I and I and I was felt pretty good about Shy Gilgis Alexander. So for us, it was also deciding, do we want to add this third person of Anthony Edwards? And Mason said he trusted me. So we also checked in with. Uh, Luka Doncic, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. All right. Both teams will be getting points. Those are three of the five. Germany not only played, they won the tournament. Oh, Really? (laughs) Yes, they beat Serbia. Now that you say it, I mean, yeah. And uh, both of the names you offered did get 
one was on first team, one was on second team, so you had to have picked the right one. But so yes, SGA, Anthony Edwards, and Luka Doncic were on the first team along with Dennis Schroeder from Germany mm. and Bogdan Bogdanovic from Serbia. Mm. Other than Franz Wagner from Germany, who was on the second team, I'm not sure I can pronounce any of these names correctly. And all four of these names, I'm pretty sure, are who's to me, and maybe you as well. But the other second teamers are Artur Zagars from Latvia, Simone Fantecio from Italy, Jonas Valencionis from Lithuania, and Nikola Milotinov from Serbia. Valanchunas, yeah, he's Valanchunas. an NBA. He was on the okay. he was on the Raptors for a while. He's on the Pelicans. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love Jonas pick. Valanchunas. Yeah. Double, okay. Double. Good. Yeah. Then maybe I should have heard of him. How about those other guys? Any of those other names? No, 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 no. Valanchunas, yes. Otherwise, no, 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 no. I think I saw a, I think I saw a painting by Simone Fontecchio when I was in <laughs> Florence last summer. Part of the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. Yeah, Gallinari didn't make it. And so and. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was the MVP. Josh Giddy and uh, was the rising star. Well, we'll that out. And Dylan Brooks was the best defensive player who got thrown out of games. Wait, right? Isn't that his whole shtick? Is just oh, anyway. I'm not gonna say it. The LeBron stopper. Dylan so, uh, so you know what? Pretty well done. You picked the three that. We're definitely, you probably did hear the most, I actually heard the most about uh, Shay, Shy, Gilgis Alexander, and Anthony Edwards, um, probably because, you know, they were, they played in the third place game, but it was kind of a coming out party for Anthony Edwards for anybody who didn't know that he was good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so a lot of people outside of Minnesota. So And with, and with SGA, everybody just needs to know that that despite all the young talent they have, that Thunder team is cursed. And that curse is still in effect as long as we do not have a basketball team. That is correct. They should be really pushing for you guys to get, get a team. So they that then, really should. Because then you will release them of the curse. Is that what you're Maybe. saying? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, very pe- I'm very petty. What? You? No. <laughs> All right, let's move on to list two in five on three. So I want you to tell me as many of the top five as you can from the 2023 Major League Baseball stolen base leaders. Because the bases got a little bigger, the pitch clock came into effect, and limited throwovers did increase the number of stolen bases in Major League Baseball. So, uh Tell me how many of the top five you can uh, comfortably name. Josh, we will check in. All right, Burritos After Dark has checked in. Hands down, you guys can talk it out and let me know your answers. Rude. Um, (laughs) So, um, Mason, we both agree. (laughs) Number one with the bullet was uh, Ronald Acuna. Yeah, not even close. Right. Otherwise. You put down Bobby Witt and Corbin Carroll. Big agree. Seattle legend, Corbin Carroll. And uh, the one 
that I was discussing that I know because he's an in-division rival, I know that I think it's Estuary Ruiz, I think is his name, but I'm just going to say Ruiz. Estuary? Like the... I th- yeah, I think that's like <laughs> how it's spelled. But yeah, um, Sure, I, I trust I you. I know that because I've seen his stupid, um, you know, his little stat bug pop up a thousand times. So, yeah, I wouldn't have um, been able to come up with that name, so I trust you on that one. Sure. And him and like Jose Siri for the Rays, they wear like, it looks like rave necklaces, like with a whole bunch of like, really colorful like it looks like a 12 year old made them it's i'm sure it's like worth tens of thousands of dollars anyways doesn't matter um but yeah i don't i feel pretty good about those four um i don't really know that i would feel confident about anybody else i know julio's like he might even be top 10 but i know he didn't get there yeah and like you said with ellie de la cruz i i just think he got called up too late i think he probably is close but I just don't yeah, because I mean, with with all the stolen bases this year, we're looking at like forty plus to probably be. Top oh five. yeah, even yeah. maybe close to fifty at that yeah. point. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Acuna was like seventy, I think. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, top five, especially like I said this year compared to all the others before. Um. So right. yeah, I'm good with those four. Okay. So we're checking in with Acuna, Wit, Carol, and Ruiz. Okay, and Burritos After Dark, what did you guys have for answers? We tossed some similar names around. Bobby Witt is one I wished I remembered because I didn't. We I felt really good about Acuna and Corbin Carroll, and then it got fuzzy from there. I, yeah, I didn't think Julio had enough. I didn't think, like, Ellie De La Cruz had enough. Um, Nico Horner for the Cubs, I think, had a bunch, but I don't know where he ended up. And I didn't feel confident about putting him on there. So we just checked in with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Corbin Carroll. All right. Well, let's go through the top five. Number one, not completely with a bullet, but number one was Ronald Acuna Jr. with 73. Number two was, I think it's probably pronounced Estuary Ruiz uh, from Oakland. He had 67. So... Mm. Not too far behind. Then a little bit of a drop-off to number three, Corbin Carroll with 54, followed by Bobby Witt Jr. with 49. Rounding out the top five, C.J. Abrams from Washington with 47. So both teams will be getting their points. Those top five, so C.J. Abrams would have tied for one of the previous five years but had would have won all of the years other than that, and he was the fifth. <laughs> so uh, number six was Nico Horner. Number seven was uh, Hasong Kim from oh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Number eight was Julio Rodriguez. Number nine was Ellie De La Cruz. And number 10 was Willie Castro of the Minnesota Twins. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think if uh, Ellie had had the full season, he yeah. very well would have been yeah, a top oh, yeah, five. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you can only, you, you can't control when you get called up and start tearing up the league. So, well, the, the owners could, but they're <laughs> like, Ooh, one more year of control. You're oh. waiting, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm you, guessing, buddy. I'm guessing Cincinnati <laughs> is similar to Seattle in that, uh, in that realm. Cause I know you've complained about that for many a year. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they are because they're, they're the only ones that trade with each other. 
<laughs> <laughs> There's just a pipeline of Reds and Mariners. So they just keep going back and forth and yeah, just exactly. keeping ultimate control. Luis Castillo, Suarez. Suarez just has both uniforms in his locker at all times. Yeah. Well, now he's in Arizona. Yeah. Good luck. All right. The final list in five on three. I want you to tell me as many of the top five as you can of the 2023 NCAA Division One FBS touchdown passing leaders. <laughs> okay. I think I can. Yeah. We're in there. Josh, we'll check in. Okay. Burritos After Dark has checked in. So horns down. You got a couple of minutes here to uh, talk it out and let me know how many of those five you want to try and name. Yes, so we have Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. Absolutely, 1,000%. Yes. And then you said the guy from James Madison, and instantaneously I typed McLeod, the kid from JMU. I'm glad. I, yeah. Um, and only know that because I listen to the McAfee show every day, and uh, they had their coach on there, and he wouldn't shut up about him. Uh, now the head coach at Indiana. He's like, I'm not, I don't want to leave JMU. Of course, they all don't until they write them a check that tells them how much they're making. And they're like, oh, I love, I love Indiana. I don't know about this fifth one. Like, yeah, I'm trying to I, like have a couple of names, but I just, I don't feel. So the one that was the leader last year that I think he's just outside now is um, Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. I don't think he's up there. Yeah. Cause he, he like, he threw like, I feel like close to 60 last year or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. But, um, there's a guy from I... Liberty. Oh, his... Oh, come on. I don't remember his name. He's a running, he runs a lot too, but I can't remember his name. I don't, I don't remember his name. I don't even know if he's top five, but he's, he's been pretty good all year. Yeah. Um, again, and so I was telling Marcus, cause this is the only way that I can even think about these names. Um, because I'm a degenerate. I um, was in a non-Power 5 NCAA fantasy football league. And that's how much I watch college football. So I'm trying to pull any names. Um, wow. It's very sad. Um, and- I was also in an SEC only one. Which is very hard. Because when there's like 12 teams. You get like one quarterback and you hope for the best. Crazy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you've got Vandy's QB. I had <laughs> them and Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz was actually oh, pretty no. decent. But... Uh, yeah, I had all of Vandy's quarterbacks. <laughs> I was like, whichever one hopefully works, you know, just in the bye right. weeks. But anyway, um, yeah, that's for uh, I say we go with um, the four. I don't. I don't think I'm. I feel yeah. confident enough. I, about... it, and it very well could be. It could be, you know, like you know, Dylan Gabriel or someone maybe sneaks into you know where because yeah. Oklahoma puts up a point, ton of points. Like I, this could be really anybody. I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't think we should risk if we feel good about the four. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so we're going to go Daniels, Penix, Knicks, and McLeod as our four. All right. There can, only, there can only be one. And Burritos After Dark, what did you guys have? What did you guys check in with? Well, you have an LSU fan, a Washington fan, and an Oregon fan on this particular episode for this particular question. So the top three were a bit easy. Uh, Bo Nix and Jane Daniels had 40 each, if I remember correctly. Penix had 33. 34, somewhere in there, something like that. So those three were for sure. We thought about Dylan Gabriel. It felt dicey. And 
having 30 slam dunk points felt okay, so we checked in with Daniels, Knicks, and Penix. Okay. Well, you nailed uh, you nailed the top two and the number that they had. Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels both had 40. Uh, Michael Penix is tied for third with 33. In a moment, we'll talk about who uh, he's tied with. And number five was Jordan McLeod from James Madison. Nice. Who had 32. So the quarterback who also had 33 is the quarterback who sort of and uh, did they end the discussion about James Madison possibly, you know, getting a getting oh, invited to the it's the to the mm. is from so it's a uh, Joey Aguilar from Appalachian State. State oh, right? right. So he also threw 33 touchdowns. You named a bunch of the others uh in the top 10. There were two tied for 6th. One is Caden Salter from Liberty. From Liberty. Yeah. Austin Reed, which you mentioned. Uh, tied for eighth was Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma and Caleb Williams from USC. Yeah, right. And rounding out the top ten was Chandler Rogers from North Texas with twenty nine. Hmm. So, yeah. So well done, points a plenty. Um, in that round, and you guys understand that you, unlike Ede, that you don't have to go for five all the time. <laughs> Although he goes for five and gets them, so and I gets them because he's what? like, oh, I don't know, I I saw this once uh, while I was like, you know, in the middle of doing something, and he'll remember it. All right. <laughs> well, after the third quarter, things are getting interesting. There's been a slight lead change. Burritos after dark has two hundred and eighty. And with the few extra answers that Horns Down gave, they are up to 285. And that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. Categories for today are as follows. Question one, Oceans 8. Questions two, Three Amigos. Question three, Mo Money. And question four, Happy New Year. So question one, Oceans 8 is in reference to the NFL. Question two in Three Amigos is in reference to Major League Baseball. Question three, Mo Money is in reference to the NBA. And Happy New Year is in reference to January 1st, 2023. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in the category of Oceans 8. On Sunday, January 15th, 2023, what quarterback became the first player ever with 300-plus passing yards Two plus passing touch or touchdown passes, and seventy plus rushing yards in a playoff game. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna check in. 
Uh, horns Down has checked in. Burritos After Dark, you have about 30 seconds to talk it out and maybe you your answer and wager. I'm still trying to figure out like who were the wild card teams. I feel like the Giants, does it feel familiar that they won a playoff game? But Daniel Jones getting 300 and two passing touchdowns just feels crazy. Right. So did they, they would have then played the Eagles because I know the other NFC game was Niners-Cowboys. Dak? No. No. And then in the AFC, it would have been whoever lost to the Bills and the Chiefs. Bengals? As Joe Burrow running for 70-plus yards? Nah. Nah. Did the Jags win a playoff game last year? Yes. Okay. And they come back against. Uh... Oh, it could be Trevor Lawrence. It could be Trevor kinda Lawrence. Like... I actually kind of like Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Or I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I. I mean, I like Trevor. Didn't they Lawrence have some crazy comeback than... win in the playoffs against the Chargers? Yes. And then everyone was making fun of the Chargers. Yes. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say he. The question doesn't say he had to have won the game. Yeah, but like, but you know, oceans, I guess then it could be like Herbert if they had a game yeah. Picked, wait, oceans. Wait, seven. oceans eight. Are we overlooking who's jersey number eight? Who's jersey number eight? Daniel Jones. No. Yeah. Is it? Uh, I don't remember. There was like a split second where I would have bet my life he was number eight, but now I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I. I mean. I think I kind of feel like he's number eight. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go with that then. I think. Tre- that's are the... you sure Trevor Lawrence is not number eight? I think he's. I think he's in the two digits somewhere. I think he's like, like twelve or something. Or yeah. yeah. I would just feel so dumb if we went with Daniel Jones and it wasn't Daniel Jones. <laughs> I think we go for know. it. I think. I think the more you, the more I think about it, I think he is number eight. He's I number kinda, eight. Yeah, I kind of like it. Right. I kind of like it. Okay, fine. Good for him if that's the answer. We'll check in with Daniel Jones. For how many points? For 90 points. 90. All right, and horns down, what did you guys have for an answer and a wager? Yeah, we kind of pieced everything together. Um, I was trying to remember who all played on that Sunday because I remember watching all three of the games. Um, But based on who I remember playing that day and the Ocean's 8, um, my initial thought was Lamar, but I then remember that he wasn't even playing in that Ravens Cincinnati game. It was Tyler Huntley, which was the the famous fumble on at the goal line that Hubbard ran back. Um, but it made sense because it was a high scoring game, and only guy I could think of wearing eight for any of the quarterbacks that day, um, Daniel Jones. So we checked in with that four hundred. All right. Well, you clued in on the second part of the clue in the category title of eight and did anyone watch any of the oceans movies not the eight but it's the George others Clooney's character's name right what's Danny what's ocean Danny ocean so I told you Danny, <laughs> Danny number eight is nice. Daniel Jones both teams are getting their points uh <laughs> nice. this game against the Vikings uh he had 301 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 78 rushing yards, along with the last-second regular season loss against the Vikings three weeks earlier, where he went 334-1-34. and 
uh, showcased Danny Dimes' skills that helped him garner a four-year, $160 million contract. <laughs> Hopefully he sent a fruit basket to Ed Donatel, the former <laughs> Vikings d- defensive coordinator. Seriously, those two games got Daniel Jones paid. None of the other games did. Those two. Well, the Giants have their franchise quarterback in uh, Tommy Cutlets. So Here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing with quarterback performances. It's it's hilarious to me because it's like it's like erasure that people don't realize that outside of the whatever that season was with Chip Kelly and that playoff run with the Eagles, Nick Foles was bad at football. Like every other instance. So it's like Except why do why were people thinking that he was good at it? He had two. terrible. He had the Chip Kelly and then the playoff run when he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Those okay. were the only two times in Philadelphia that Nick Foles was any good. And and anywhere. And right. so but yeah, but my whole point is yeah, it's just it if you have a big sample size like that or a small sample size of Daniel Jones, you can't base True. base it off of that. Uh so other mobile quarterbacks who played on that same day were Josh Allen, who went three fifty two, three and twenty. And Tyler Huntley, who went 226, 2 and 54. So, mm. all right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the the difference got a little bit more. The Horns Down is at 385, but Burritos After Dark is at 370. So, still anybody's ball game. Moving on to question two in the category of three amigos. On July 22nd, 2023, Cincinnati Reds broadcaster Jim Day referred to players who hit back-to-back-to-back home runs in the game that day as the three amigos. Two were outfielders, and the third was a middle infielder. And like the film Three Amigos, all three are white. Name Hmm. two of these players. (laughs) Yeah, don't, don't don't even stress about it. We're good with that. All right, we're going to check in. Okay, Horns Down is checked in. So, Burritos After Dark, you have two minutes to talk it out. Give me your answer and your wager. The first things we put in the chat were, I can't name a 2023 Reds player and I can't name a white Reds player. So we're off to a great start. Uh, I think, okay, hold on. One of the guys... He's a red. He's an outfielder. It's TJ. TJ. Not TJ Farmer. That's Kyle Farmer. Uh, although Kyle Farmer is a red, I think. He's not a middle infielder. He plays third. Um, I remember back when I actually followed baseball, there was like that red prospect, Nick Senzel. Did he pan out? He did not. Okay. He I think he was hurt a bunch and then just ineffective. TJ, 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 AJ, backslash, and fourth, the fifth. Um, <laughs> I just watched that the other day. <laughs> TJ, RJ, AJ, backslash, and fourth, the fifth. I can't, I can't say the name University of South Florida w- without saying it the way Keegan Michael Key says it in that sketch. You dink Margoon. University of South Florida. Um, TJ, TJ Friedel. That's the name. That gets us halfway there. I don't have a second one, but I think TJ Friedel is the red I'm thinking about. Um, 
let's go let's go TJ Friedel and Kyle. But do Farmer. you know what position I, that is? I he's an outfielder. Yeah, it's second baseman, shortstop. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have the second one. Mish, if you don't have anything, I think we just move it along. Yeah. What's a white sounding name? Uh, (laughs) Yes. I was waiting for this. uh, TJ Friedel and uh, well, from the, from the East West bowl sketch, we'll check in with TJ Friedel and Dan Smith. (laughs) For how many points? For 50. All right. And horns down. What did you guys have for answers and wager? So, um, like I said, Mason talked about him being a degenerate and being able to name all these non power five guys. I'm a degenerate who doesn't like to gamble on baseball uh, necessarily, but you got to make do with what you got when we get into that dead time of the year. So I do a lot of hit parlays and a very, uh, you know, a team that I use a lot were the Reds because they had a lot of guys who had a decent batting average. And I knew TJ Friedel and uh, Mariners legend and LSU legend, legend. Jake Fraley. Uh, So we checked in with Friedel and Fraley. Well, one team is getting points. If I had left the question the way I initially wrote it, both teams would be getting points. But I changed it to two instead of one. Sorry, burritos. We uh, just have to be better. I think that's what happened. <laughs> the or degenerates. The yes. three are DJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, and Matt McLean. Oh, I'm so oh, glad we didn't so Friedel Penn, was the Friedel Penn was the State team. legend Matt. No, that's Matt McGloin. Never mind. Uh, Friedel was the team's starting center, f- center fielder. McLean was a fill-in middle infielder, and Fraley was the team's fourth outfielder slash designated hitter. Let's move on to question three, in the category of Mo Money. Due to injuries, two players whose salaries were at least twenty-six million dollars for the season earned more than $1 million per game played for the 2022-23 season. One is a Western Conference big man, and the other is an Eastern Conference shooting forward. Name both of these players. Note, John Wall accepted a buyout from the Rockets, and he signed for only $6,479,000 with the Clippers. Thus, he does not count for this question. Josh, we'll check in. All right. Burritos After Dark has checked in. So horns down if you guys can uh, pretty quickly get to some answers and a wager for me. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know, though. But Gordon Hayward did sign a pretty big deal. And right. I know he missed a ton of games. Right. Middleton, I'm, I'm just I, – I, I have a hard time. The other hard thing, too, is like – Guys will get a contract, and then they'll get another contract, and I'm just trying to remember when he signed. Because I know he signed at some point. It was like three years and $100 million, I think. But I don't know, remember when it was. It could have been after last year. I don't remember. I just – I mean, he's earning, I would say, probably Middleton's prime more. So then yeah, the question is who played more games? We would pick the other one. I don't remember how many Hayward played. That's like that's like the problem too is that like being on the West Coast is I feel like I never see the Bucks play. I just know that they're good, and I know that yeah. I, know I did. I mean, I mean, I know Middleton missed a good bit of time. I just don't know. Yeah, 
how much. What about for I'm... the big man? I feel like we haven't even. <laughs> yeah, I've been struggling to think of. Like I said, I have Steven Adams. I know Davis missed a bunch of time. You said Zion hasn't. Uh, I don't think not, he hasn't signed a big not, deal Not a big yet. enough. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I know Adams missed like the second half of the, the whole second half of the year. I just don't remember what his contract was when he signed with the Grizzlies. Right. I'm just trying to think of any other big men in the the West. Because was... Sabonis got a nice chunk, I think, from the Kings, but I think he played a lot. Obviously, they had their best year in forever. Um, It's not going to be any big man for the Warriors or the Spurs right. or the Rockets. Um, The Mavs don't have a good big man. Um, about Towns? Wasn't... Oh, I completely oh. forgot about Minnesota. <laughs> oh no. Um was Towns hurt? I don't I mean if you ask Josh, he's the softest big man who's ever existed, but that can't be true because it's Richard Lewis. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I'm I'm so I don't know. What do you want what do you want to do for the big man? That's the that's the main thing. I th- I think we should stick with Gordon Hayward. Okay. I mean, AD has a reputation for getting hurt all the time, so maybe I don't remember yeah. what he did last year, though. So I, okay, but he, he never finishes the season. No, he oh he never so. he never plays a mostly full schedule. So okay. I mean, I could easily see, especially with his contract, that you know he's okay. earning enough to wear. So we'll go offset Anthony Davis and Gordon Hayward. Is that what we're settling on? Yeah, I feel like you we're just wanna, stereotyping go with, with... athletes that. They get a lot of money that always get hurt. I feel like that's yeah. hurt. Hey. But <laughs> all right. That's a, we'll check in with Anthony Davis and Gordon Hayward. For how many points? A hundred. Burritos after dark. What'd you guys have for answers and wager? It's something very, very different. So this should be interesting. We Mish sent over Chris Middleton <clears throat> almost immediately and I liked it almost immediately so we completely stopped thinking about anybody else in the eastern conference so i hope chris middleton's right and then we went back and forth on the big man for a while and just started naming dudes which you know how that goes and we settled on the fact that maybe he is making enough money, so we checked in with Chris Middleton and Zion Williamson. All right. Well, unfortunately, no teams will be getting points. Both teams will be losing their points. One team got one of them correct. The Eastern Conference shooting forward was indeed Chris Middleton. He played in only um, 33 games last season and was making and was his salary was 37 million nine hundred and forty five thousand and some change so he averaged one million one hundred and forty nine thousand eight hundred and fifty seven dollars per start or per game he played in and one team mentioned uh the current softest player in the nba and that would be Carl Anthony Towns, mm. who only played in 27 games. Oh, no, sorry, 29 games. And his salary was 33833000 and some change. So he actually averaged the most with $1,166,669 per game played. Wow. So uh, Gordon Hayward actually played 50 games. 
<laughs> and Anthony Davis played in 56 games. Um, and Zion... <laughs> Uh, his extension didn't kick in year. quick enough. Yeah, he, had the, he yeah. was on the last year of his rookie contract last yeah. he, this last season, so he mm-hmm. was only making like thirteen and change. I think he signed only, it at the only, end of two what seasons that ago. How do I use the word "only" for thirteen and some change million? <laughs> Ugh, that really sucks. All right, uh, two other players earned more than nine hundred thousand dollars per game played, and they were Kevin Durant and Andrew Wiggins. Hmm. Ah. How many points did y'all wager, by the way? I think oh, we wagered, wagered we wagered ninety. They wagered ninety. So, uh, going into the last question, uh, it's not out of reach per se necessarily. It, Horns Downs at three ten and Burritos After Dark is at two thirty. Let's go to the last question in the category of Happy New Year. On January first, twenty twenty three, what wide receiver went off for two hundred and seventy yards on ten receptions? including three touchdowns in a Week 17 division win against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, process of elimination. I think I think kind of... Okay, we'll check in. Way. Okay, Horns Down is checked in. So for the last time, Burritos After Dark, you guys can talk it out. Let me know your answer and your wager. Uh, we're doing a lot of grasping at straws. Um, me sent over a lot of good wide receivers. Oh, yeah, so it's Bucks, Saints, Falcons. So, yeah, Evans and Godwin, Olave, Drake London. Yeah, of that group, I said I like I like Mike Evans the best. Um, I know it's not Drake London for reasons that will become clear on a different episode. Godwin doesn't feel good. Yeah. Olave... Probably also not. I know he got like just around a thousand last year, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's good or bad for him. Uh, like he had like a quiet a thousand yards last year, as quiet like, as you possibly. I feel like two hundred seven is not a part of a quiet yeah. thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe... because just be, I wasn't watching that day, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I maybe like Mike Evans the best out of those. All right. Let's, uh, and I, am I missing yeah. any major receiver on these? I don't think so. No, I think like who would be another Saints guy last year? Unless it's somebody like that isn't a wide receiver one guy and then just went off one game. Yeah, I don't know if I would even. No, I I I say we go with Mike Evans. Sounds good. Checking it in, Mike Evans for, for fifty points. 50. All right. And horns down. What'd you guys have for an answer and a wager? Yeah, we we Mason and I both used our very contrasting styles of logic. Mason went through matchups and I was like, you know, I think it was Mike Evans because I'm pretty sure he needed that to keep his his thousand yard streak alive, the the thing that's gonna get him in the Hall of Fame. Because he didn't have a great year last year. I mean uh yeah, he didn't have his best year, let's just put it that way. And I just I I think I remember the the two hundred yards and three touchdowns and then yeah, Mason actually broke it down schedule <laughs> schedule wise. Yeah. And yes, we all agree that, you know, Desmond Ritter is ass and he cost me money today. And for that reason and Arthur Smith is a knob, uh they're not gonna go off for two hundred yards receiving, so Yes, we also agree that it's Mike Evans for 51 points. 
and both teams will be getting their points. Uh, the correct answer was Mike Evans. So just to let you know, the game was fully written before Mason said he would play tonight. So <laughs> I didn't even think to the fact that uh, yeah, that would that one he- leaned heavily in his favor as a, a Saints fan. But uh, Evans was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. No surprise. And Tom Brady threw for 432 yards in that game. So not too bad. All right, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Burritos After Dark finishes with a respectable 280 points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving receiving the coveted Tommy DeVito Award with 361 points, is horns down. With his uh, Italian with hands his up Notre for Dame, Tommy Cutlets. This Notre Dame leprechaun-looking agent today. Um <laughs> Uh, that's a fun sight for me watching the Saints game. Yeah, they game. just I got, got inducted like into the Italian Sports Hall of Fame for being Italian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mish, I'm sorry we couldn't get you a win today. One of these times, it's going to happen. I mean, if if the reason I lost is going to be that I, I'm not placing enough uh, hits parlays to be able to name multiple Cincinnati Reds, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Yeah. All right. It's well, not good. a great. It's good. not a great place, Mishi. You're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oh no, that's just no. That's just thanks to the voters in California for not making it <laughs> extremely legal. Oh, like she, it is yeah. in other places. It, it would be. It would be a problem if that. I'm. I'm sort of way. glad that it's take. While it's been approved in Minnesota, they're still working through all the figuring it all out. So I, I don't really need the pressure of that because I'm sure uh, I'll get sucked into. Uh, Marcus and uh, Eric's kind of all their parlay junk. They'll be like, "Here, play this parlay." It's what I'm doing, and I probably should. All, the, all the cool kids are doing it, Josh. Right. If um, if you want to know the state of affairs, me, the Eric's, and Josh North are all in a group chat about gambling, so we don't flood flood the. Appreciate the that. I'm literally checking a parlay as we speak. So and and I'll I'll make sure that uh, all right. When, when, added, got when it. I can legally uh, add, you do can it. add me. I'm checking bet three six five right now. When I can you legally go, do it, I'm sure I will hit you guys up to get into that chat. Until then, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't care because I can't do anything about it. All right. So Mish, do you have? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we call it a night? Thanks for having me on. It was fun. I really feel like I got a nice recap of the year. Some horse racing, some other stuff. But yeah. No, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, I'm, you're, you're welcome anytime, Mish. Uh, I'm a little annoyed as an NBA guy that I um, completely erased how injured Towns was last year. That would be something I should know. But Yeah, well, what can you do? It's, you know. Okay, well, once again, Mish, thanks for joining us tonight. And on behalf of Mason... Marcus, Matt T, myself, and the rest of the Benchwarmers, we'd like to say thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, and until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes! Yes! Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night.
That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. 